0: And so I didn't, I, yeah, I, and I went to college for like a semester and I was like, oh, screw that. Nah, I'd rather have kids. And I just, I was ready to like be the mom. And that's what I really wanted. Anyway. So, um, so when I was about 20, 27, 28, I started like getting a lot of depression and I started going to counseling. And when I went to counseling, what kind of drew out of me was that I did it wrong. Like, All all of these other people went to college and they got a degree and they had all these, you know, they had the jobs and they had all these other things behind them. And I was like, I'm just a mom, like, which is what I wanted, but yet I was feeling like I did something wrong. And I remember the counselor said to me very specifically, she goes, well, I didn't get married till I was 35. And then I had a kid and or two. And she's like, so did I do it wrong? I'm like, no, I guess not, right? I was in my head thinking that there was a way that life was supposed to be lived and that I wasn't doing it the right way, that I wasn't getting the result that I wanted. I mean, I had the results, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like I was depressed. Anyway, um, I thought that there was something wrong with the way that I did it. And just recognizing at that point, at a young enough age that, there's not one right way to to do it. So we're not ahead and we're not behind. We just are.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Meaningful Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Butner, certified high performance coach. And today we have a really great guest uh, with us, She's the host of the Common Sense Doesn't Require a Script podcast, a top 1% real estate agent in the U.S. here. She's also a certified high performance coach and certified life coach. I'd love to introduce you my friend, Lisa Bingley. Hey, Lisa, how's it going?
0: Hello, oh, great.
1: So the Meaningful Revolution podcast is all about interviewing people that are passionate about a topic, so we nerd out about it and celebrate it, but it's to lead to more um meaningful connection more meaningful you know output um, just living a more meaningful life by inspiring people through their passions so with that said um, could you explain a time when you know you failed and that helped you find your purpose and why that ignited your passion for this topic
0: awesome for sure for sure so um, the reason why that's such an important topic to me i thought that was a good one to talk about today is we, when we are venturing, whether we're entrepreneurs, you know, and mostly I'm not sure if your audience is a lot of entrepreneurs, um, in our growth journey, in our business journey, we tend to associate failure with the, the fact that something doesn't work, right? Like I tried this thing, I failed. And so, oh, I should probably throw that to the side and I need to try something different. And we're pretty quick to cast it away. Um, and so looking at it from a different angle, It's like when we fail at something, when we're attempting something and we fail, we need to learn from that and not let our brains take the override of, okay, well, that thing didn't work, so I'm not going to try it again, right? That hurt, it didn't go right. I feel like a failure. A lot of time when I coach people, that's the sentence they say, like, I'm a failure. I feel like a failure. And instead of thinking that thought, we can turn and think, you know what, I, I tried this thing and... It doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It means that I tried this, what did I learn from it? Assess that, what did I learn from it? What can I do different? What did I not do as well as I could have? And take that and then continue to move forward onto like the next level as a step-by-step. When we do that, we can more accurately find the purpose and what it is that we're doing. But if we continue to spin, if we continue to try, fail, try something different, fail, try something different, fail, that's where most people start to just give up because they think that, well, it's just not gonna work, right? Let's throw the hands up and, and, and give up because it's not just gonna work ever. And that's that's not true. In um, a lot of the coaching that I do, it's it lies within just the thoughts that we choose to think about those circumstances um, that we have in our life, the circumstances about our business, the circumstances of something that we tried, um, how we choose to think about that. So it's a, that's why it's such an important topic, I feel like to me and for all entrepreneurs, um, you know, everyone in general, I guess, not just entrepreneurs, but really important.
1: Yeah, it's definitely in my coaching practice, this also comes up. So I'm excited that you know, um, you mm-hmm. described it so succinctly. So I, I'm, um, yeah, it's definitely a, t- a like skill that one, everyone can learn. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important that it separates people that are able to succeed over the long term, um, or burn out (laughs) because Mm -hmm. they're not happy on on the the pursuit because if you try something and fail and take it personally um that'll stop you dead in your tracks so i am curious now so how did you is there a time in your life where you um were kind of in that old style of thinking where you try something and like ah um and when did that shift for you
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, you know, passion can take us so far. So in my in my coaching practice, in my coaching business. um, You know, I have a passion for teaching, I have a passion for helping other people. But then as I put myself out there, and you're very vulnerable at that point, I put myself out there with a a product and a package and what I think is going to work for people. And I'm trying to make that thing work. And it's not working. Right. And this is this is even just recently, and then, so what I would do is I'd put that one thing out there. I'd try it for a while. It didn't work. So I would move on to another thing. I'd provide a different offer. I'd give something else for people to purchase, right? Structure it in a different way. And then I'd try that one. And then it would kind of do mediocre, but no, it wouldn't take off. And so then I, oh, okay, so maybe that's not the thing that people are going to grab onto. And I think that there's going to be one magic bullet and one magic thing that as soon as I create the perfect product, Right? The perfect offering that people are just going to jump on it. So then I move on and do the next one. By the time I'm done, for the last about year and a half, I've created four main products, many more than that, but four really main offerings for um, for my coaching clients and potential clients out there that I've been trying to attract. And what was happening was it's like it's kind of like lining up 10 soccer balls on a soccer field and i was going through and kicking one a little bit and kicking the next one a little bit and kicking the next one a little bit nothing ever got to the goal because i wasn't focused on one for long enough you really have to get that one soccer ball kick it kick it again kick it again kick it again kick it again you kick it until you get the goal once you do that then you move on to the next soccer ball right so no matter what we're trying to create no matter what we're trying to do, we need to focus so intently and find the purpose. So that's where the purpose comes in too. You have to be very clear, have good clarity on what your purpose is, what you're trying to do, so that you can focus on getting that ball to the goal before you just go, well, I tried that one enough, it doesn't work well enough, now I'm gonna move on to the next one because maybe this will solve my problem, right? Instead of staying with the one thing that we had passion for to start with, we knew it was a great idea. We knew we could do it, but sometimes it has to be tweaked. Sometimes we have to do a little different. Sometimes our audience needs something a little bit more or different from us to be able to answer their needs. Um, and so being able to focus more intently on, on the one thing until that thing meet, meets the goal, right? Before you move on to the next thing. So that's, so in my personal business, that is uh, what I finally figured out. And I will tell you, it was very painful When I looked at all the products that I had and I didn't want to get rid of any of them. They're like all like little babies. And I thought, okay, I I have all these little babies, but I love all my babies. How am I supposed to get rid of one, right? How am I supposed to throw the babies out and just keep one baby? Like it was very tough to do. It took a lot of intentional thinking to decide which baby to keep and that the other ones may be great ideas. but not now. Right. And, and, and a lot of times too, as creators, um, and, and really ambitious people, we have a tendency to like create, 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 we love to create, but we can't make a million dollar business out of it. If we just continue to create, but we don't foster one at a time to make it highly successful before we start to foster the next thing. So that's that's been just most recently. And I tell you, I had about the stress, like the most stressful 30 days of my life when I started, pretty much burned down my business. I combined a lot of things together. I created one really solid master offer um, for my agents that would provide everything that they needed or that I could tell at the moment that they needed, right? And then tweaked that one. And I'm just gonna continue to tweak that until that thing is gonna make a million dollars. Then I will move on to the next product and just hold myself back but it requires a great deal of clarity in your purpose, Mm -hmm. what it is that you're trying to do.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And as someone that's been doing the same thing in in my own business and something I felt like I've been doing since I've been certified, you know, since forever ago, um, trying to just find the language of how I help people and how that connects to who I am as a person. Um, and I could share a little bit later on how the podcast has actually helped me focus and and shift that. But I'm curious then. So as you said, you had all these babies and you had to pick your favorite kids and nobody Mm -hmm. wants to say, Oh, I have a favorite child, but we all know, you know, (laughs) um, we, I was the favorite kid growing up between me and my brother. Um, shout out to Devin, but, um, could you maybe go in more into that decision making process or how did you know when something was a little bit closer to what your purpose was versus a great idea that maybe would be better for someone else with a different experience or, or, or focus? Like how did you, you really narrow down the millions of amazing things and, and ideas that you had into this now new conglomeration of you know combining your businesses?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um so one of the first things that I did was actually sat down and listened to my agents. Listened to the things so the people that I was serving. Um I I didn't I didn't need to sit back and predetermine what their needs were. I needed to ask them what their needs were, right? How could I best serve them? So there was that. So coming up with, okay, what is it that they need in their business and what kind of coaching do they need and and what what product do they need? Um, the next part of that was I had to get in touch with what, like why I was doing what I was doing. That was one of the biggest pieces was the clarity piece for me in remembering why I started this business in the first place, who it was that I was serving and how I wanted to serve them because what started happening for me was as I created all these different businesses, right? And then you start to kind of look at the dollars, and you look at how much you're selling. And all of a sudden, your focus changes. And your ch- your your focus is now on oh, this product made this much money, this product made this much money. And I was looking at the dollar figures. And <clears throat> I was ignoring what the needs of the people are, but also why I started doing this in the first place. And it wasn't because of the money. Mm -hmm. And and so sometimes we have to be careful, we place a goal. So sure, my goal is to make a million dollars, right? That's that's my first benchmark was to make a million dollars. And, um, and as I focused on that goal, I was focusing too hard on that goal. It was overriding my focus of why I started serving people in the first place. So while it's great to have quote unquote goals, right? Or benchmarks that we want to hit in our business. I would call it more of a benchmark. It's a spot that you hit, but it's not something that you're so focused on that that's what drives your actions. Because when that's what drives your actions, at least for me, when that's what drives my actions, they're not the most authentic actions and they're not the best actions that I can be able to take to serve with the highest purpose that I can for my clients.
1: I, I absolutely love that. Um, being someone that is from like the tech world and, and software, one of the things that I noticed in, in organizations is the fact that if, if you measure the wrong things, you don't get the outcomes you want, or you get these weird outcomes you never expected. So like focusing on, hey, I'm going to make a million dollars, um, is different than I want to help a hundred real estate agents Grow their businesses, help their communities and families, right? Like there's a, a emotional difference between you know, and you make different decisions depending on what yeah. that that main focus is, or if you don't have secondary uh, objectives like mm-hmm. the, the, the mission thing. So, could you share maybe how that realization shifted how you felt about your business or your life or um. Maybe explore the emotional side of of that switch of focus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I guess the word I would put to it is grounded. Mm. I I came back and felt more grounded. So clarity was the first thing I was seeking and now I feel more grounded. Um, The one thing that I teach my agents and I've always done in my own personal real estate business is that when you focus on serving The byproduct of you focusing on service is a paycheck. When you focus on a paycheck, people feel like a paycheck, right? That, that comes across. And I've always done my real estate business that way. So, and I know, so I know that, and I've done that for eight years. I'm a million dollar, you know, gross agent and you know, per year. And I lost touch with that and I did it in that business. And I'm, I didn't transfer that over to this business. I started losing that. And so it it never fails that when you focus on the service part of things, you will always receive the byproduct of, you know, the paycheck or the reward or whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, That just comes as a result of the actions that you're taking, but the heart that you put into it. And so I don't know if that really actually answered your question, but I think it's really important to note in any business that we do. I think that's that's what makes most businesses successful or the most successful businesses in my eyes is when they actually, you can tell that they care about the people that they're serving, whether it's a store. I mean, we can go into a store and we know the stores that actually cater to us or take care of us or have better customer service or help you pick out your pants or you know whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? We have a tendency to, to want that connection and feel that love, which then brings you back again. It brings you wanting to consume that product or learn from that person. Because they genuinely want to serve you. And so I think in any business, that's 100% key. And that's what I remind, reminded myself of is that that's what I did in the other business that I grew to a million dollars. So why am I not doing that in this business? And I'm teaching everybody else to do it. Like I need to listen to what I'm teaching and I need to do that the same here. It's just funny that when we transfer or try a new, um, you know, start in a new field. Right. I mean, the coaching business is not my real estate business for sure. Um, (laughs) I coach on real estate and mindset, but still it's a different type of business. And even though we have built something and been wildly successful at it already, we are starting over with something new. And you still have to remember there's all those lessons that you still have to learn along the way. We don't jump to the end just because we were successful here. We don't jump and just you know magically become successful in the new business. We have to grow and start all over again. And just being aware of that is really
1: important. Yes. Um, having run a business that was really analytical or like being in a field that was analytical and now going into coaching where you're dealing with people like computers and people are not the same, of course. Right. And so um, Yeah, that that like beginner's mindset of, you know, you're not going to have the same level of competence or the same level of results. Like I naively, when I left my business, thought like, ah, in two years, I'll have this all figured out and it'll be right where I was when I left and all that. And that has not been the case, you know. Yeah. Um, And it reminds me very, very uh, uh, (laughs) clearly that that's not going to be the case.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You no, know, that that brings up a good point, too, though, because what, uh, one of the other things that I realized in this journey recently was um, the the deadlines that we put on ourselves. Mm. And like you just said, like, OK, in two years, I'm going to have this flourishing business in two years. Well, what happens when you get to year two and you haven't met that you know, quote unquote deadline that you provided for yourself? It usually throws us for a loop. And we usually think, okay, you know, that's when we start to introduce the thoughts in our head that I'm a failure and I'm not doing something right and I didn't do this fast enough. And then you go into a little bit of panic mode or you start pulling triggers on different products and things and trying something new because it must not have worked, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, and, and a lot of times we don't have to change our goal, but we can change the timeline to met, to meet that goal, that measurement. And remember that that's just something that we made up. Like we arbitrarily just decided one day that within two years that I'm going to, you know, make a million dollars a year in my business. And it's just a completely fabricated made up number. (laughs) But we put so much emphasis on it and we hold ourselves to that number. And then all that does is create disappointment for us. Right? I mean, some people it may drive, but for most people It just creates a feeling of failure and then disappointment which then leads to inaction and then we slow down on growing our business because we feel like garbage yeah so being able to recognize um the things that we're we're doing to ourselves and what the results are that we're getting and if we don't like the results that we're getting we need to just change the way that we think about them Mm -hmm. change it to something that's a lot more motivating right makes us feel better so that we want to continue to press forward. Okay, I've done so I've done this well so far. Look at all the things I've accomplished, right? I haven't met my goal yet, but I will be right. There's no deadline. And I had to tell myself that what why is there a deadline? There's not a deadline. <laughs> right? I mean, I could take the next 10 years and grow the business as quickly or slowly as I want. But there's no deadline to it. I'm just going to focus on serving people. How can I wake up today and best serve people today? What do they need from me today? And just that really that change in the mindset, the change in the way that I'm talking to myself and thinking about it has made a huge difference in how I'm serving my
1: community. Right. Um, yeah, I love that, that, um, of course you are the mind shift coach. So like, that makes sense (laughs) that you talk about shifting mindsets, (laughs) but you know, um, and it is so important in the, the CHPC, the high performance coaching work that we do. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm curious then, um, Is there a, how can I Trying to combine like five different ideas in my head into one? So, Mm -hmm. um, is there a time when you failed and it had a surprising result that you hadn't even thought about either related to your purpose or something in life in general?
0: Um, so I don't know if I, um, trying to think of when, I mean, I failed, I failed many times. Failing is a good thing. Yeah. So trying and failing means that we tried something it didn't work and we're just going to try it a different way or try, try again. Um, just most recently, um, I, I waited for, it was Black Friday and everybody kept saying, you're going to do a Black Friday deal. What are you going to do? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I got nothing. Like I, I couldn't think of anything that I thought would be valuable enough. And I had thought to myself, ah, there's gonna be a ton of people in their inbox. And so I'm not gonna be another one of those people in their inbox. And so just screw it. I'm not even gonna deal with it, right? And then the night before Thanksgiving, I thought, you know what? I have all these, I have some marketing playbooks that I teach in for real estate. And I'm like, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna put them on discount and I'm gonna offer those. What a day, let's do seven days of deals. And so I started out every day. I'd write an email, provide a different deal every day and it was amazing the response that i got the number of people that needed those trainings that needed that right and so when i was willing to fail i wasn't really counting up okay if i sell x amount i'm gonna make this Mm -hmm. much money i'll make it worth it or whatever right it was okay i'm just gonna try this thing if i fail oh well if i put the emails out there oh well right if they don't want my product that's okay um but threw it out there and sure enough like the response was phenomenal and did that every single day um i think just being willing to fail so i guess i don't count like anything that i've done even if i've done something and i don't get a response to it or if i go to teach a class because i'll do free trainings once a month mm-hmm. you know sometimes i have a lot of people show up sometimes i don't have very many people show up i serve who shows up if i have two people to talk to i do if i have a 100 people to talk to i do right um I can learn, we can learn from everything that we do. So nothing really is a failure. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, nothing's a failure to me. Um, it's just something that I tried that did or didn't work well. And then that just gathers data. You know, I have become like Brendan Burchard says, I'm a scientist. Like I tried some things and the <laughs> things so now I know what things to try different. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. testing it to see what's going to work. And, and the only time we fail that we truly, truly fail is when we quit like when we just stop and we say i guess this will never work and we just completely give up that right there that's failure
1: and yeah you yeah. miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take yeah you know um so yeah I, I i love that it reminds me of um early on in my tech career my first manager after i'd like totally screwed up this project Um, he's like, Hey, you're doing great. And I was like, was not expecting that from, you know, after the, the, like Mm -hmm. I crashed the system or something like it was down for three hours, pulling my hair out, like super stressed," And he's like, you know, if you are making mistakes, then you're pushing yourself out of your comfort Mm -hmm. zone. And it's not a problem until you're making the same mistakes over and over and over. Um, that means Mm -hmm. you're not learning to kind of, you know, tie in what you were saying that, um, like, cause I keep trying to ask ask a uh, question to get a story, like, oh, I was really like, um, discouraged, <laughs> a, discouraged, or there's a big shift here, and you're like, no, yeah. no, it, it's a learning thing, and so I, I have a feeling that we could probably spend a whole day trying to dig for that story, and um, maybe just I will. Based... Oh, go ahead.
0: <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I will say that for a while, um, while I was in this transition of kind of trying to find clarity and and trying to really find purpose again about gosh two days of a week out of every week i would be depressed i would let something (laughs) hit me it would get me down and i would literally the the self-talk was oh my gosh i'm like i'm failing This isn't going to work. What the crap am I doing? Why am I starting this business? Like now look what I've done, right? I've got all these people that are learning from me and following and oh my gosh, now I can't stop. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. And it it was happening about two days out of every week. Cause it'd be one day it would start and the next day it would carry over until I pull myself out of it. And then I'd have to move on. I'd be happy again. I'd make some progress and then it would hit again. Right. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I did something that was really helpful. So this would help any listeners out there. I did what's called a thought download. So I would wake up and I would write down every thought that I was having. Usually it wasn't first thing in the morning, but by about 10 or 11 o'clock is when it all would hit me. And I would write down everything with no judgment, no censoring, nothing. Just brain dump onto a piece of paper every thought that I was having, right? Once they were out of my head and I could look at them, I could be able to recognize like what was going on with me and were they true and start to challenge the thoughts that I was having, right? Are these things really true or am I feeling this way because of, right, something else? That was eye-opening and also to wake up and have a page this long of every thought I was having and nearly every single one was negative about Mm -hmm. my business when I would wake up. I mean, it was sad, right? And when I (laughs) look at it like, this is sad. Um, But to recognize that's what was in my head, because if we don't get it out of our head, we just continue to circulate on these stories. And the more that we think about them, the more we believe they are true.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, and they are just thoughts that we're having about our business. So we can choose to think the power lies in the fact that we can choose to think whatever we want. And I can choose to think that my business is doing phenomenal, whether I'm making $4,000 or $40,000, right? I can choose to think $4,000 is a success. I can choose to think 40,000. I can choose, I can choose to think whatever I want, but being aware, finding that clarity, that's like the word of the month for me, (laughs) clarity and being grounded. Finding that clarity, but recognizing like what I'm actually thinking and understanding and realizing those things aren't true, they're fears, mm-hmm. there's things that I'm ruminating on but they're not necessarily true, helps get rid of them so much faster and helps me to move on and break out of the cycle um, a lot faster.
1: That's amazing. Um, I have a, a similar technique that I talk about a lot where I was sitting at my first job super stressed and i would would wake up and have this like mantra of like i hate my job i hate my job i hate my job (laughs) i doing this exact thing where like eventually i'm like there's got to be a better way like this isn't a good thing i don't want to think this way but that's the intrusive thought so like i carry a journal and when it pop up i take a five minute break i just write down like i hate my job I hate my job I hate my job and then finally i'm like okay like now that i have identified that Like Mm -hmm. I can shift the language so it's not as emotionally like demoralizing. Mm -hmm. And so I would force myself to write, I don't love my job yet 10 times, right. Just to kind of have a physical action to to shift that thought.
0: And Mm -hmm. like,
1: it was amazing how much better I would feel and like just that shift in language, you know, Um, to, to get it out on the, on the page. So um, I'd, We'll get into maybe some techniques on how to shift that thought, you know, Mm -hmm. um, for you later. But I'm curious, um, we might have already touched on this, but I'll ask the question anyway. Um, Is there a mindset or belief that you hold on failure leading to purpose that other people don't commonly have? And we might have, I think you might have opened with that, but...
0: Maybe. Um, I... I would say, um, yeah, attributing this to my parents, they never told us we couldn't do something. We were never taught, um, and we weren't like some like high root to nothing, right? I mean, we were just normal family, lived on a really small budget, we ate a lot of baked potatoes in our family, we're from (laughs) Idaho. Um, You know, we were always on a budget like, but I did have an entrepreneurial father. And no matter what weird ideas I ever had growing up, um, I started cleaning houses when I was like 16. I was like, I can clean houses. I can clean my own house. I can clean somebody else's house if they'll pay me. Right. And then I'm like, oh, I can look at these chairs. I can make these chairs. Somebody will pay me for that. So I'll do that. I, I always had some random weird idea of a business. <laughs> that I would start. always did it while I was a stay at home mom for years. I always had something, but we, I was never told it wasn't possible. And I think that is a huge, huge key to failing because I don't attribute like there's failure just doesn't exist, right? I just, we can choose to try things if we, if we want to. And I always know that there's a way, if I really wanted something to work, there's always a way. If it's something that I care about, if I love it, right, there's always a way. And I, I know that that has carried over into my real estate business specifically because there's always a way to fix everything right Mm -hmm. it's easy to keep deals together because there's always a way there's i don't surrender Mm -hmm. i'm a little bit stubborn that way but i don't surrender because there is there's more than one way to fix something there's more than one way to grow a business there's more than one way to make changes there's more than one way to live our lives there's always something else and so asking i think being very aware of that but also being willing to challenge yourself, challenge the thoughts that you have, but also ask questions. Oh, we're to this point now. What else could there be? Oh, I'm stuck in this spot in my life. Okay. What other options would there be? What could I do? Right? I'm not happy. Okay. I'm not happy. Well, what would make me happy? What do I want to do that would make me happy? So we don't, we're not stuck. I I mean, we don't have to be stuck. And I think that's the power in that Mm -hmm. is, A lot of people, they feel like they're stuck. They feel like they're caged and they don't have to be caged. They have a choice. Um, and some people need to be taught that some people weren't told you can do whatever the heck you want, you know, (laughs) like go out the world is your oyster. Go for it. Like we support you go do the thing, right? Some people were told to think small. And some people were told that, oh, if you do this thing, it's dangerous. Don't go do that thing. Don't go start a business. It's dangerous, right? You're going to fail at that or you're going to lose money or you're going to whatever. And and people will listen to that and it stops them from growth. And that's huge, I think, to to break out of that and recognize that our families, I know this may be off topic, I don't know, but you know the way that we grew up and the families that we had and the things that we were told, it's not all truth. It's just somebody's idea that they had that they were imposing on us, <laughs> right? And we like, so dumbly, I mean, because we're young, in our, in our youth, you know, even our low, low 20s, somebody tells us something, we're like, oh, well, that must be true. Like, because you told me that, it's definitely true, right? Not true. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think the youth of today, I think one of the most amazing things, even though our youth can be a pain in the butt, I've got three of them, um, <laughs> they don't, And I don't know if it's just my kids, but it seems like youth in general, they don't just take, they don't just accept people's like direction. And and you hear like really older people say like, oh, well they're being disrespectful or they're like whatever. No, they are inquisitive. They're asking the questions. They wanna know for themselves. They're gonna test it out and they're gonna try it. They don't just blindly say, oh, you told me this is the way it's supposed to be. Okay, I guess I'll do that. Right. And I think it's a phenomenal thing. As frustrating as it can be for us as parents, (laughs) I think it's a phenomenal thing that we can teach our children and allow them to ask questions, to explore, to be able to make their own choices and come to their own conclusions because they're stronger people for it. By the time they're done Mm -hmm. is again, as irritating as it is as an adult mother, when I'm like, (laughs) but do this thing. And they're like, I don't want to do that thing. I'm going to do it this way. Right. Anyway. (laughs) That's <laughs> oh, a bit off topic, but it's but it's I think it's a really important point in finding purpose and for the kids finding purpose too.
1: Yeah, I, I love that idea because it's creating the environment for people to be curious and explore. Like, if I had to sum up that, it sounds like there is an aspect of you that is very curious of how the world works, and mm-hmm. so when you have that curiosity everything is just something to figure out and it's not a roadblock, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm not happy. Like I can do something about this. Like, why is that? What would be different? You know, I I love that, that, um, thought pattern, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's admirable. As you said, as frustrating as it is to, you know, it it takes a little, probably a little bit of courage and a little bit of, of faith in that things will work out when you see your kids maybe struggling or like, they, they can figure it out even if, like, I've figured this out before. This is how I did it. And they're like, no, not like that. Um, right. So, um, you know, as a business owner and as someone that coaches other people, um, could you maybe talk a little bit more? Um, or is there anything more than just kind of having that belief that, you know, you have to ask questions and just to support people in whatever ideas they have to like entrust them to learn as they go along
0: yeah um i think that one of the deeper parts of it is if, if some people have a hard time identifying like maybe what the thought pattern is that they are having so if you've got somebody if somebody's listening and they're feeling stuck and they're like yeah but i don't know what the problem is right the next best thing to do is to figure out how you're feeling because most of us can get in touch with how we're feeling, whether we're feeling unmotivated or we're depressed or we're excited or anxious, or, you know, any of those feelings that we can, that we can identify. It's a little easier to identify how we feel. Once we identify how we feel, we can then kind of backtrack and go, okay, well, what is it that's making me feel like that? And a lot of times what happens, um, is we are attributing like what someone else did, or, you know, something that happened in our business. Those are things that we actually can't control. Mm-hmm. I can't control if I send something out and put an offer out if anyone actually buys it. That's not something I can control. Right. Um, and so when we have feelings, sometimes we'll be I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say this is the best example, like, but that person made me mad. <laughs> right? That mm-hmm. person pissed me off. We like to say that a lot, right? I've said it before, too. And it's like, well, but did they really, did they like physically come over? And like, there's no physical way for them to actually make you mad. They did something and you had a thought about that. And that's what created your anger. Mm -hmm. And so breaking that down a little bit further so that you can actually understand that what you think is what's creating your feeling, not the thing that happened right we can't control the thing the circumstances that happen in our lives we can't control those we can't control the people and the sooner we realize that that's where the freedom comes in and being able to control i mean quote unquote control right but but real be be able to take um, ownership over our own feelings and over our thoughts that are creating those and what i Coach with my agents too, and, and anybody that I coach is, you know, our our thoughts are creating our feelings, and our feelings are what drive our actions. Mm-hmm. And our actions dictate and provide our results. If we don't like the results that we're getting in our life, a lot of people go look at the actions. Like, oh, but I need to do this and this and this, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do this, and, and we start to try to a lot of coaches try to coach on the action line. Well, let me give you 10 more things that you can be able to do in your business to try to make it better, right? When you didn't need coaching in your action line because your actions are a byproduct of what you're thinking mm-hmm. about your business. So we have to go fix the way that we're thinking first before we can even introduce some more things into our action line. So, um, anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. I know I kind of go different directions, but, um, I had a, I had a client I was coaching, not an agent yesterday, uh, but a business owner late night coaching call 11 o'clock. She's in Africa. And um, anyway, so I was was coaching her last night. And it was an amazing conversation. But she's a very like, she's had a lot of accomplishments in her life in her business in her current business. But she started something new. And it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so she's feeling uncomfortable. She's feeling like she's failing. And what it looked like was she was thinking so what she had done, I'll give you the example. She had had four people that showed up to a training. She did. She had a paid training. She had four people sign up, okay? Her thought about that was that she was a failure.
1: Mm.
0: She's like, only four people showed up, I'm a failure. And when she feels like a failure, she feels hopeless. She's discouraged, she's hopeless, Mm. which leads her to stop working on her business, right? She becomes like inactive. She's disconnected. She doesn't wanna talk to people which then she's proving that she's failing. I mean, the results that she gets from that is, is failure, Mm -hmm. right? And so she's like, yeah, but how do you let go of that? How do you let go of feeling like a failure? She's like, Mm -hmm. I was a failure. It was, you know, and and she believed that story that she was telling herself. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, uh, and so what we did was you have to replace that thought of, I feel like a failure with something that you can, that you can really believe because what we try to do is we try to thought swap people are like oh just tell yourself everything's okay just you know my favorite just forgive people and i'm like really just forgive magically (laughs) you know you have to replace the thought that you're having with another thought that you can actually believe and if it's something you can believe that's what's going to create a different feeling which is going to help change the results that you're getting so for her i actually have it on my board Where is it? hold on <laughs> this was her last night oh yeah okay you probably can't see that can you on the thing
1: uh, a like little it, bit like and for the people on the podcast we'll have to describe it will describe
0: it. okay there we go okay so her her circumstance she had four people sign up for her class right
1: mm-hmm.
0: she, her thought that she could actually believe and we had to like really reach for this was this was a success. And I learned so much. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I can, I can believe that. I'm like, great. How do you feel when you, when you think that she's like, I feel motivated. And when I'm motivated, I get out and I work on my business and I'm creative and I have high energy and I'm present and I communicate. Now she's making it possible to succeed in her business. Right. Mm -hmm. That is the power of the way that we think about things is that simple little thought line, instead of telling yourself that she failed, swapping that out, but with something that she can truly believe, just something different and not focusing on that negative thing. Like, right yeah, that's the, that's the power in continuing to move forward and really diving in to be able to find your purpose and push yourself out of that negative space that we get stuck in a lot of times.
1: Right on. So uh, again, for people that are listening and weren't able to see this chart, um, Lisa had CTFAR, the, the acronym. And again, that was circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result.
0: That's correct. Yep.
1: So that's the, the, the quick framework to just walk through with this uh, particular client, which is super powerful. Um, and I love the idea of the like upstream change, you know, that's, that's kind of how I was interpreting it where like, cause as a coach too, like it's never the thing that you're doing. It's how you you think and feel and (laughs) are responding to it. Um, So that is super, super powerful. Um, So I'm curious then we'll get into maybe a little bit more of the, the action implementation things, but is there something that um, about fear and or about failure and purpose um, that you could share with the audience here today that maybe you haven't in a training program or other podcast or other interview you've done?
0: Something about failure and purpose that I haven't shared. Oh, let me, you're making me dig deep now. Let's see. <laughs> yes. I know, making that means it's working, that's working. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I think I think if we remember with failure and purpose that there's not there's not one right way. I think is really important. Um, We we like to focus on like the one especially with our instant gratification you know, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, you know, Mm -hmm. Google ads, all the things that we see that everyone has like the magic solution, they have the magic bullet, you know, that that's going to solve all your problems. And this is the key. And this is how it's going to work for you. And to realize that, again, that's just somebody's idea, but there's not one way, like that way could work with you like for you, right, but a different way could work for you. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong because you didn't do it the same way that somebody else did. Um, I think my greatest lesson when I learned that um, mm. is when, oh gosh, I was 20. How old was I? I was probably like 28, 29. It was the first time I really started going to counseling. Mm. And I was having my early midlife breakdown. I don't know what you'd call it, but I had three <laughs> small children. And I, had, I got married when I was 18. And so I didn't, I, yeah, I, and I went to college for like a semester and I was like, oh, screw that Nah, I'd rather have kids. And I just, I was ready to like be the mom and that's what I really wanted anyway. So, um, so when I was about 20, 27, 28, I started like getting a lot of depression and I started going to counseling. And when I went to counseling, what kind of drew out of me was that I did it wrong. Like Mm. all, all of these other people went to college and they got a degree and they had all these, you know, they had the jobs and they had all these other things behind them. And I was like, I'm just a mom. Like, which is what I wanted, but yet I was feeling like I did something wrong. And I remember the counselor said to me very specifically, she goes, well, I didn't get married till I was 35. And then I had a kid and, or two. And she's like, so did I do it wrong? I'm like, no, I guess not, right? I was in my head thinking that there was a way that life was supposed to be lived and that I wasn't doing it the right way, that I wasn't getting the result that I wanted. I mean, I had the results, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like I was depressed. Anyway, um, I thought that there was something wrong with the way that I did it. And just recognizing at that point, at a young enough age, that there's not one right way to to do it so we're not ahead and we're not behind we just are like i am where i am right now and that's great that's good enough right that makes me happy and i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be i think that is the biggest thing that i can tell myself when it comes to avoiding feeling like i'm failing or avoiding feel like I'm not fulfilling a purpose, you know, is that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I do my best every day. And sometimes my best is I just didn't do the dishes for two days. And I maybe wore sweatpants for two days, like whatever it is, right? (laughs) Like that's good enough. That's what I can handle for those two days. And I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Because anything else that we put on ourselves is just something that's made up by us or by somebody else or by society or by Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And none of it's true. And it doesn't serve us.
1: Yes, that is so great. Um, it, it, I love that, you know, um, there's this phrase. So I lived in Arkansas for a while for a job. And there's a phrase that i i heard there that is disturbing but like kind of you know um encapsulates like there's no single way to skin a cat
0: oh yeah my mom says that yep
1: yeah and it's like why are you skinning cats like that's terrible (laughs) but like the idea that there's more than one way to go about it i think is really good and and i'm also picking up that there's like a sense of more a deeper presence when you believe in that like when you're not when you're where you're supposed to be and that's okay and, and you know, um, you're doing that. Um, you're more in the moment than thinking about I'm not where I should have been, like I should have made different choices, so you're in the past or I'm not going where I wanna go, which is that, that kind of like future thinking. So I, I picked that up. Does that seem true?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because what happens when we think those other things, I mean it, it doesn't help us at all. Usually what it does is has us detract from spending time with our families. It kind of mm-hmm. occupies space in our brain that doesn't need to be, you know, used for that. Um, mm-hmm. And it leaves us thinking every day that we're we haven't achieved, we haven't yeah. done this thing right. There's, it's like we can see it and we want to reach it, but we can't get there. It's like we can't quite get to mm-hmm. it. And living that way is not any fun. I don't, I don't know what you think, but yeah, <laughs> I would rather. I would rather live and have fun and be happy in whatever it is that I'm choosing to do instead of beating myself up Mm -hmm. by telling myself, but I haven't reached the thing and I want to reach it. There it is and I'll get it by next week or I have to, you know, I have to keep working because of this or, or whatever it is like if it's never enough, that's a really painful way to live. Yeah. Really painful way to live. I definitely choose not to live that way, no matter how much I have, don't have, even when. You know, even when we were single family income and I was home with kids and we didn't have a lot of money, right? Like it still was always, it was enough. It was great. Mm-hmm. How do we make do with what it is that we have? How do we make it the best that it is? Like, and that's good enough. And it was fine. And it brings a lot of happiness and joy in life to be able to mm-hmm. find that, that place to be okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. So another thing that came up but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because it also sounded like as part of this this story that you know, we haven't talked about that you could have multiple purposes in life when you don't have to mm-hmm. have one single focus at a time. So the idea that you really wanted to be a mom and, you you know, the best mom or whatever, you know, all the things that go along with that and then you achieved it and now you're like, well, now what? You know, mm-hmm. it, it, how much of that depression or that that bad feeling was one you, you're like being the dog that caught the car right you're like okay mm-hmm. like this is not as cool as i thought it was gonna be um mm-hmm. or i i'm very proud of what i did but now i'm kind of searching for that n- next thing
0: yeah yeah um and maybe finding a place of content but not complacency
1: yeah i think
0: too. You know? um I think that, I mean, if we're, if we're, there's a, there's a fine balance in, um, not trying to focus on something so much that you let the balance go in your life, right? Your balance with your family, the balance with your, your, your physical health, your mental health balance with work. And so keeping that in check is very important to where you're still fulfilling all of those buckets that you need to fill in your life so i think that's a constant process because sometimes that can be out of balance sometimes it needs to be a little bit out of balance sometimes it's heavier on family sometimes it's heavier on work um but that that doesn't remain consistently out of balance is important um for myself when all of my kids went to school and i found myself we lived in the country and we just moved to the country like a, a year prior all my kids were in school full-time and I legit, like they were the thing that I focused on. That was the thing I was quote unquote achieving, right? Was mm-hmm. that was my purpose. And when they all left, I found myself crying about every single day um, mm-hmm. because I was lonely and I was getting depressed and I I didn't have purpose anymore. And I did that for about a month, <laughs> maybe not every day crying, but I, I very vividly remember my my poor me moment where I went and laid on the couch and everybody's gone and I was legit out loud sobbing. <laughs> and I was like, this is so not bad. And I was I was totally depressed. And I, at that moment, I had this talk with myself and I said, okay, Lisa, like, what do you want? What do you wanna do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I never asked myself that because what I did was take care of my children. That's what yeah. I wanted, that's what my job was. And so I I seriously, and I get emotional about it because I I really remember just laying on the couch and I was like, what do I want? And I was like, well, do you want to be a doctor? I mean, I just, I opened it up, and I was like, sky is the limit. Like if you could do anything in your life, what would it be? No limitations. Like, do you want to go to school? You know, yeah, Do I don't know why I said, do you want to be a doctor? That was dumb. I don't, I can't faint at blood. So, you know, (laughs) Um, but but I I just asked myself, what do I love? What do I want to do? And I loved houses. I was like, I love service and I always loved the market and I love pricing. I just swapped from pricing groceries to now pricing houses, right? Like mm-hmm. I, it's just something <laughs> that I love to watch and do. And I was like, that's that's what I love and, um, and I would love to do that, you know? Got on the phone. I called a friend of mine that's a broker and I was like, if I got my license, would you hire me? And he was like, oh heck yeah, I'd hire you. And I was like, okay, great. Cosmo hisman, I was like, I'm signing up for real estate school. And he's like, okay, whatever you want to do. He's always been very supportive. Oh, and uh, and that kind of started that leg of my journey, um, which was into into selling houses. And I loved it so much. Talk about imbalance. I loved it so much. I was a bit out of balance for the first few years mm-hmm. in my business. Um working so much because I was so engaged and just like eating it up. It was like drinking from a fire hose because I'd (laughs) been home for so long, I think. Mm -hmm. And as a mom um, and a stay at home mom, we definitely go through this phase where we lose ourselves because we become whatever our kids need us to be. And Mm -hmm. we focus so much on them that we, we don't develop ourselves very much. I didn't develop myself. And then all of a sudden everybody leaves and you're like, who am I and what am I good for besides folding laundry and cleaning the kitchen and, you know, helping, helping my kids. Um, and so I did have a, I had a few rough years of imbalance where I worked so much because I was like, I loved it. And I loved feeling that new purpose and finding myself. And I was like, oh, I'm good at something. I'm good <laughs> at something besides being domestic. This is so exciting, right? Um, so that was a bit of an imbalance for me and I, I finally figured out how to level that one out, um, to where I could balance my family better with my business and, um, you know, but everything for a reason, like it taught my kids that you can grow a business. It showed them that I could be mom and then I could be mom and run a business. And w- one time now I'll get emotional. Jeez. Um, oh, I remember it. my, my daughter, so I, my kids play sports. And every sport, of course. Right. So, you know, two to three times a week, we have games. And in the summer, they have summer ball. So two to three times a week during the summer, they'll play summer ball. I go to everything. I may be that mom that's on my laptop in the corner plugged in because that's the only plug I could find. And I'm out of battery. But I, you know, writing an offer on a property. But I go to every single one of my kids games. I think I've missed two ever. And my daughter said to me once, sometimes she used to be like, mom, you work all the time. And then she said to me, her friend, um, her friend told her how awesome it was that her mom got to come to everything because I was the old, like one of the only moms that actually could show up to all of my kids activities, all the games and everything. And they were like, they were jealous. And I think that right there kind of taught my daughter like, Oh, I, I should be grateful for that, like my mom, (laughs) right? Anyway, I know that's a bit off topic too, but it's all about purpose and balance um, in our family, and our lives and and finding like the work that we do. I always want to make sure that whatever I do, I can fit in what was my first love, which is being a mom, right? -hmm. And still be available for my kids. That's always been number one, but then also being able to fit in like the growth that I personally have as well the things that I discovered, like I'm freaking good at selling houses. Like I wanted to sell five houses my first year and I sold 48 just because I loved doing it. Yeah. I mean, it was like over the top, like phenomenal. And I just kept selling and selling and selling every year till I'm selling 120 houses in a year all by myself. Like it's phenomenal, but to know that I'm good at something. So anyway, so it's a, it's a cool balance. So every, every different area in our life, I think, has like we're shifting right Mm -hmm. nothing is ever staying the same it's kind of like they say if you like put a floating candle in the in a lake like it doesn't sit in one spot like Mm -hmm. it's always going to move like backwards or forwards there's no standing still at all
1: yeah what a beautiful story um I just want to honor that and what comes out to, to me and I'll just call it out is just how much you care about your family how much you care about your personal growth how much you care about your your business and career and the thought process of like never questioning like oh i have to give up one for the other it, it like you embody this belief of i can figure this out and make it work and there's no, maybe like the, there's the, the stumbles as you you learn and like okay like you said like maybe i was a little too focused on work and then needed to kind of come back to this thing but um I really admire your ability to find multiple purposes and then just kind of like wrap it up into who you are as a person and, you know, having, you know, talked with you outside of this conversation that, that also shows up there. So I just want to say, I I just want to honor that real quick. Yeah. So on that note, if we're trying to think of, of other folks out there who um might be struggling with uh with these intrusive thoughts of like, oh, I'm not succeeding, I'm not not really, um, I'm not a, a success. I'm failing all the time. I'm not where I need to be, all these types of things. Um, how, do you have a a, a quick method or set of habits or a couple of habits that would help people shift into, A more like growth mindset as we would probably say as coaches or a little bit more of that that more motivated positive like moving forward type mindset Mm
0: -hmm. yeah um i'd say like the, the the life hacks the hacks that i use um that have really helped me in my life is if you can't identify sometimes we can't pin what like what the cause of it is Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes it takes us a while if we're feeling like demotivated. It takes us a while to figure it out. It's not quite as easy as like, oh, I'm just going to look at my thoughts and decide that, oh, this is why I'm thinking this thing, right? Sometimes it takes us longer than that. So in the meantime, I don't give myself an option to wake up and still do the things I'm supposed to do. It's not negotiable. So if I don't feel like getting out of bed. I have to, I still have to get out of bed. If I don't feel like getting out of bed and I know I have a hard time with it. So like for me personally, you get through the winter months and it gets dark sooner and it's cold (laughs) outside. I hate the cold. And I know for myself, if I don't get up and make myself do something, I just won't, I'll sleep in and sleep in. And then the days get kind of, I sleep in longer and longer. I don't know about any other. (laughs) When nobody says you have to show up at the office at a certain time, you know, the sun doesn't come up and I might be sleeping in until eight thirty or 9 so I I give myself a schedule and I abide by my schedule so I decide what should it really look like what's realistic and okay these are the days I'm gonna wake up I'm gonna go get my exercise in because I know for me my mental health really benefits from exercise So even if it's 30 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour, like I get up and I get my exercise in, then I'm gonna feed myself some healthy food. I mean, it's really just the little step-by-step things if you're in a spot that you can't get yourself like out of, right? And then eventually as you do that and you feel a little bit better, at least physically, your mind can be able to start to identify like, why am I really feeling this way? Or why am I bummed out? I think that's that's what helps me to move out of because we don't know right away. I I even for my um, gosh, it was just a few weeks ago, I, something totally was stressing me out, but I could not identify what it was For the life of me. I was like, I do not know why I'm feeling this way, but I feel like this. And it's just I couldn't figure it out. And I went for about it was like seven or eight days. And finally, one day it clicked. And I was like, and that was a deadline thing. I was like, I'm putting these stupid deadlines on myself. <laughs> And it's making me anxious. Like, why, why am I putting putting deadlines on myself like this? It's not working. It's not helping. I need to get rid of that. Right. But for all those days like that, I was bogged down. Just stick with a schedule. Find the things and just be in tune with what helps you, whether you like it or not. Right. <laughs> My husband's like, Do I like the exercise? Maybe not. But right, you know, you feel better if you get up and just be very aware. Of how you react to things and what's good for you and what's not good for you, okay. and then abide by it.
1: Right on. All right. So the, the to break it down, there's this figure out what's happening, and then the the act like activating your body is what I'm hearing for you in particular is is really important for sorting it out. Um, is there anything? Like, is there another step? It feels like you're kind of like, okay, you identify it. You're kind of feeling good. Like, is there anything else to get you over that line?
0: Um, talk to someone, get a coach.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Um.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's sometimes unless we say it out loud, it doesn't. We can't get it out. We can't identify it either. So whether it's a counselor or a coach, my favorite. Um, my favorite description of coaching was somebody said you know coaching is for like the future coaching is to be able to move forward we need counseling when we have something in our past that we need to deal with that's that's kind of damaging for us but man i went to counseling for you know a long time and i got really tired of just talking about my problems because there was no real forward thinking and there was no like here's some tools to be a better person right and so that's where coaching is so amazing is you can get help with identifying what's going on with you and questions asked you to draw out those thoughts that you're having to whether the light bulb can then go on and be like oh yeah that's the one that's causing my issue and i could i didn't know it right speaking it out loud is really helpful that's why the thought download is really helpful too um because it at least gets it out of your head and then you can be able to identify what it is and then come up with a plan of action for how you're going to combat that. So I guess that would be the next step too, is like, what's your plan of action? If we don't like the way things are going, then what do we need to do differently um, to be able to get there? And in between that is if you don't know quite yet, just keep forcing yourself to get up and moving, (laughs) right? So that you can keep, keep moving forward or at least staying stagnant or, you know, or close to while you're trying to figure it out. You just don't want to tank yourself and like regress
1: a lot. So, right on. Yeah, yeah. Like-
0: my, my, my kids, I'm, I'm happy that my kids have at least picked up this habit a little bit. I don't know if they picked it up for me or not, but as they've gone off to college, um, you know, my, my son was about four months in his second year and he messaged me one night and he's texting and he's like, mom, I'm sleeping a lot and I'm, you know, and he starts to identify, these are all the things that are happening and I think I'm depressed and I don't really want to get out of bed. And what do I do? And it's like, okay, we've identified it. Now we're just, okay, what are the things that can be helpful? How's your diet? Maybe some exercise would help, you know, and what's stressing you out about school and how can you maybe position things differently if you need to, or like then finding out some solutions to go with it. But being very aware, of how you're actually feeling to be able to identify those feelings is
1: really key to solving. Well, that's, that's super cool. And again, that's such a great example of the identifying and then kind of working through the the steps to to get moving forward. Um, so I got one more question for you. Um, and I, am so thankful for this, this conversation. I, I, have a couple pages of notes. I always remember to tell people to write notes at the end of the podcast instead of the beginning, but um, hopefully my, my audience has picked up on that. But um, if you could create a more meaningful revolution about something, what would that be and maybe what would that look like? I'm trying this new question out. So. Oh,
0: okay. More meaningful revolution. Um, I think what's missing, at least in in most industries, what's been missing. And in my industry, for sure, what's been missing is, is the heart of service. Um, really, when I coach all of my agents, that is the biggest thing that I teach. And that's, I think, what attract them to my to my style of coaching in general, and my style of business, right is being able to serve other people genuinely and not just again, not just focusing on whatever, like the byproduct, the the paychecks that we receive, but focusing on the service. And it's been lost in so many industries where people are just like, let me take your money. I'll just take your money. I don't, you know, I don't care if I help you. I don't care what like people don't really get a a rats, whatever, like about actually (laughs) the thought and the feelings of other people. Um, but creating relationships and providing great service to people, I think is so important and for any business owner, um, for any neighbors, for any people that are your friends in your church, like anyone, like service is so important and it's so fulfilling because you can't sit for too long in your own self-pity when you're serving other people ever.
1: Yeah, that is so powerful. Um, nobody at the end of their life says, oh man, I wish it would have helped less people. You know, yeah. It's usually the, the opposite. So yeah, it's such a powerful thing. Um, I love that part of, of creating a meaningful revolution. Thank you for um, answering that, that question. Thank you for showing up and, and for sharing. Um, and I really love the, this topic of... I mean, we didn't really talk about failure because we don't believe that failure really happens. It's something that Mm -hmm. um, helps you learn to propel you and and find your purpose. So that Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, If there's a, if people wanted to follow up with you, uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you? So we can put that in the show notes below.
0: Okay. Yeah. um, My, my website is um, agentleader.com and my podcast link is on there as well. And uh, you can find me on socials at Agent Leader or Agent Leader Lisa on Instagram. Okay. And Agent Leader on YouTube.
1: Okay, right on. I'll have all those links below for you, you good folks. Again, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll, uh, talk soon. So take care. Thank you.